Welcome to Downtown World. Don't waste no time with negativity. The conversations you never get to hear with me, Kay Blair. Weekly where we gain inspiration from our special guests. Thank you for tuning in and sharing, subscribing to us each and every week. This week's episode is sponsored by Shop Downtown, your one-stop shop for everything downtown world. You can visit and support us at www.downtownworld.com. That's www.dwntwnwrld.com. Now, let's get into this week's bowl of fruit. Eat fruit and mind your business. afternoon good night and welcome to another week's episode of downtown world don't waste no time with negativity now today we have with us motivational speaker and inspirer Dijon talks how are you doing today king i'm blessed and highly favored queen and yourself i'm doing well i mean we're going through a whole panini but like thank god that we're here and we're able to communicate in some form to hopefully share a lot of inspiration and motivation with everyone today yeah, that's a blessing, man. I mean, just uh, waking up nowadays it just has a whole different um, component to it. You know, just waking up and taking a breath, taking a step, um, being able to interact like we're interacting right now. Some people don't have this luxury. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very grateful for this opportunity at this moment. It's very true. It's very true. So a staple question that we ask all of our guests, our guests, okay. John, I'm just going to hop right into it. What is a situation where it was definitely negative, but somehow, some way you found a way to not waste any time with negativity? A situation that was negative somehow, somewhere I didn't find any time to waste negativity. Um, I think one of the major situations was uh, when I was 15 and I became homeless. Um, it, it, why that situation was so crucial was because I didn't have time to cry about it. I didn't have time to um, live in the moment and just say, whoa, me. I had to figure out how to feed myself, how, how to get clothes, how to get certain things done. And I had a short period of time to do it because the conditions didn't create time. Um, so because the conditions didn't create time, my mind had to shift quite rapidly, even though I was 15, I had to create everything. So I had to become, you know, solution driven. So I had to create quick solutions to uh, what at that time for me at 15 years old was a pretty big problem. Uh, and I think that was the start and the shift of helping me rethink and view situations um, than the way that I would have thought of before if I had like maybe two parent household, the protection and oh my God, look at me, look at me, blah, 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 blah. I think that really shift my mind into helping me re-see things and just a whole different light than what the traditional person I would say would see. I think that was the start of it for me at 15. If you could go, if you could go back to that transitional point, would mm -hmm. you have done it differently given where you are today? Oh nah. Nah. I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that mindset. I hear that question a lot where people would say, well, I wish I could have done this differently. Then the results would have been wouldn't be the same. Um, I'm a big component on the trials and tribulations and obstacles that you had faced um, were there for a specific reason to mold you to the person that you are today. Um, we look at ourselves as imperfect. If we knew better, then we could be better. But you actually, every day you're at your greatest place. 
um, and it wouldn't be any better. Um, so for me, would I change anything in that particular situation? Um, no, because what had to be played out, played out, and it made the man that I am today. So I'm, I'm, I'm known as a motivational speaker, not because of my intellect or my education, but because of my stories. Um, so it was those stories that build the man that's today. So I wouldn't change a thing. So being 15 and homeless, um, it's it's not easy and you have to definitely have gone through a lot of adversity. Mm -hmm. So how does that connect you now? Because clearly you're using your stories in a positive way. But mm -hmm. how does how did that like what happened in between that gap that really was that turning point to be like, this is the path I want to go on. These are the stories I want to share, hoping that it helps others to not be in the same positions that I possibly was in in life. I wish I could give you like this cliche answer. There were these were these key points and blah, blah, blah. And this happened and that happened, right? Yeah. We my want the life, realness. We want the truth here at downtown. Right? My life doesn't have that luxury. I'm not sure how much you know about my past. Um, but from the time I was born, the doctor said I would never walk. I didn't start walking until I was three. Nothing worked from the waist down, right? Literally nothing. Um, by the time I was six, I was raped by two women. By the time I was six and a half, my house was being shot up by the Haitian army and human blood was written, get out or die. By the time I was in six and a half, I was in a boat um, trying to flee from Haiti to come to the United States. And then I ended up in prison in Cuba at six and a half years old. Um, by, the time I was, yeah, by the time I was 11, I was shot twice, stabbed twice. And by the time I was 15, I was homeless. Um, and then the story continues, right? Um, there's these progression of trauma and trial but always an overcoming process right some had to do with maybe something that i did i give 99 point well i give 100 glory to god for all of it um and others god placed certain key people in my life to mentor me or to guide me in times that i just didn't know better because of my euphemism um so if i had to say there was like a specific time that drove me into the field that i am today it would be the people that was around me that saw something in me that I could not see in myself. Mm. Um, they saw my articulation, they saw my story, they saw my strength. Um, while I thought I was weak, they saw strength because they saw overcoming. I just mm. thought, man, I just can't deal with another one of these, right? Um, so when people spoke life into me, when um, the right mentors came and they were like 30, 40 years older than me and they came in different shapes, different shades and different sizes at different times of my life and different seasons, they invested in me a vision much grander than what I could see because my background, my cap was a ceiling yeah. and their cap was Limitless. the stars, yeah. right? Yeah, their star, their cap was the stars. I remember growing up on my block, um, I always say this, it's the highest level of education that I ever saw was the mechanic, the pimp or the gangster. Which one are you gonna be? There was no doctors, lawyers, nobody dressed in suits, and that didn't exist. So that was my cap. If you graduated high school, that was amazing. Yeah. And I remember one time sitting in a park bench with an older gentleman, and then he was complaining about his daughter graduating from the University of Miami with a master's. She needs to take her behind to Harvard and go study um, um, neuroscience. Wow. Never even heard of these words. So my mind, yeah. like, you should be excited, yeah. right? Yeah. But this was his disappointment. To me, this was my excitement. Different level of goals and aspirations. Definitely. So those conversations and how people molded um, 
you know, a lifestyle that they've lived or experienced or what they saw in me and what they invested in me verbally was very powerful and made who I am today. So I learned the power of words through those conversations. Uh, majority of my education comes through conversations. So because I learned the value of words through those conversations, I learned how to reinvest back into people that are gonna be just like me. That's beautiful, that's beautiful. So earlier you had mentioned um, some of those angels, I like to call them, that just uh -huh. spoke life into you because there are a lot of people that we can interact with in, in life and not even realize that they're yep. speaking death into us. Ooh, so it's Jesus, very, yes. very, yes. very, very key when you meet people that speak life into you. If you don't mind sharing who like, were some of those people in your life? Because in my experience, it could have been a random lady on the bus that just seen a look in my eyes and decided to just tell me something random and have no idea what that done for my day. So mm -hmm. who, who might've been some of those people for you, Dijon? Um, it, uh, in my earlier years, it was some of my closest friends, um, the people that were really close to me because um, when I was homeless, particularly in high school, um, maybe two or three of my friends knew. The principal didn't, nobody knew I was homeless. Yeah. And when they looked at me, I was, uh, I'm in high school, I'm homeless. I'm still keeping a 3.8 GPA. I'm a basketball star, ranked number seven in the nation in basketball point guard. I'm an art student major. I'm walking around with a big portfolio, AP honor roll student. I'm a nerd, but I'm homeless. Jeez. But I'm an athlete and I'm homeless. And when my friends spoke to me, they just, they couldn't understand my strength, but to me, I just felt like I just had to survive. There was no strength. This is just, you either survive or you're not going to survive, right? Yeah. But for them, they're like, man, I ain't never seen somebody like you, right? So they spoke that into me. Um, my, my, my high school friends were amazing. And then as I, as I got a little bit older, um, transitioning from high school to college into my adult life, um, it was more so the people that were in my school. Like I remember uh, my senior year of high school, my principal was like a father to me. Like he loved me like nobody's business. And he, he, he hell could break loose, but he's gonna make sure I, I, I succeed. Yeah. Um, he was a military man, multimillionaire. He had it made. He opened up his own little charter school to help underprivileged kids. But he took me under his wing and he just never stopped molding me. My, my, my basketball coach, oh my sports, my basketball coach, he was a 70 year old Jewish man. <laughs> completely different backgrounds and tradition he would yeah. take me to his house yeah you know there oh. would be two different kitchens one's for kosher one's not for kosher right oh. and then he would introduce me to the white fish and his yeah. son was working for mac and apple and i'm like what is this right what's cool and then they would let me shop in their closet oh if it fits you take it take it right mm -hmm. if it fits you take my jacket take this yeah. take this take this didn't know better. I remember one time I took a baby blue suit <laughs> out of somebody's closet. <laughs> I thought it looked good. Oh my good. God, baby right. blue. Oh my gosh. A baby blue suit. Wow, the sexiest pimp on the block. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Boy, it's fresh. This, I, I saw that baby. I never own a suit. I never yeah. own a suit. So when I saw that I baby blue suit, I, I need you. that. I need it. He's like, you can have it. I so um, I think those three particular people I can never forget um, because I, I didn't have the traditional upbringing where I had a father with an education to speak life into me because we were always in survival mode. Um, okay. I left my mother in Haiti since I was six. So I, didn't, I was never raised with my mother. My father raised me as a single father till I was 15 till I became homeless. So um, it was those particular people, man. And they, they, they invested in me like I was literally their child. Mm 
Like I was literally their child and they didn't owe me anything and they didn't know me. They didn't know me. But whatever they saw, whatever value, whatever, whatever they saw in me that I couldn't see at that time, they they were determined <laughs> to bring it out. Uh, so those particular people, those those three particular individuals, um, they will always resonate with me. And I will forever always be grateful to them um, because they have no idea that the love that they shared with me and the words that they spoke to me and the exposure, exposure is crucial because um, mm -hmm. you could still be stuck in an environment and everybody tells you you're amazing. But if they don't expose you to a different environment to show you better, then you just won't believe it. Sure. So, you, you, you know, I, I could look at a child and keep them in the hood and tell them, well, you're amazing, you're missing. But if all he sees every day is the block, yeah. he won't understand. Those people sure. didn't just speak into me. They took me out. Oh. Like I remember the first time I saw a black person with a two-story house in a Mercedes. I thought that was only for the movies. Yeah. I'm yeah. not black. We had Chevys, Dunks, you know what I'm saying? We had yeah. dope boy cars. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw this, and then I'm like, we can live like this. It's a possibility. I, I didn't know we can live like this because I was in a one-bedroom efficiency with seven men. Wow. One with my and that's with my dad included. Yeah. So to me, this was not a reality. You know, you would watch like Family Matters and Good Times, Different Worlds, and those good yeah. old shows. You Never see this in real life, but that was TV. Yeah, you want it, but that ain't real. That's not my block. But when somebody actually came and removed me from my environment and placed me in a different environment, showed me that somebody like me can have this, yeah, my mind went boo. For sure, for sure. Um, I love that. So mm -hmm. now, on the flip side, you're on the side of helping to motivate people and really putting I love your quotes and putting your words out there. How are you helping others now to go boom and think that way as others did to you? Um, that, that comes in many forms, right? So there's no cookie cutter answer for me. Yeah, so let everyone know. You got to gotta let them yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no cookie cutter. So um, it depends. Um, some people have spiritual needs and I'll preach the word of God to them. Uh, you know, one of my degrees is I have a bachelor's degree in theology, but and I'm a man of God. That's 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 Amen. that's my anchor. My first answer is going to be God. That's my anchor, um, you know, because many days I had to walk by faith and not by sight, because if I had to depend on what I saw, I wouldn't have made it this far. Amen. Um, you know, because this this body has multiple gunshots and stab wounds, so I wouldn't have made it this far. Um, yeah. um, right. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't stop those bullets and kid not killing. I had no control over that. Um, so that's that's my anchor. Um, so when people come to me, um, if they need the word, I preach and I do Bible studies and different things. Another way that I do it is um, I do a lot of life coaching uh, because I have so many life experiences. People are able to gravitate to me because somehow, some way I'm able to relate to whatever they're going to, yeah. um, which is extremely beneficial because you can have all of the intellect, you can have the education, but if you're not relatable and you really can't understand the person's pain, it's really hard to get down to the depths of them to really speak something into them that's going to have any value. It's just going to it's going to be um, it's just going to be off surface level, superficial, you know, because there's there's, there's nothing that's going to tie and mold you guys together. Um, I, I do a lot of speaking uh, engagements on social media, a lot of quotes, um, but most importantly, I uh, besides the speaking, I put my hand in the mud. Um, one of the things I started, if you look at this shirt, it's called Restored. I started a brand where i, I realized that. the prison system was selling our community yeah. my neighborhood it's felt worse we make seven percent of it and that's over 20 billion dollars of our, uh, our 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 blood sweat and tears making the money 
And I, I, I started doing some research. I'm like, well, if they're already in prison, I can't really do much for them. Well, who can I impact? What about their kids? Nobody ever speaks about the kids of the people that's incarcerated. If we speak to the kids about the victims or the people that were traumatically impacted by the people that's incarcerated, which is exactly. understandable. But what exactly. about the kids and exactly. that single mother or single father that's left behind? And what does that kid life look like? And then I started doing some research. I realized that kids like me, 15, 16, 17 years old, twice as likely to end up in prison than their father. So if your father has a 67% chance of going back to prison, you had 150% chance of going back, going to prison. Um, they they don't graduate high school at the average rate. They graduate high school 30% less than other people. They're twice as likely to end, um, join gang violence. They're twice as likely to end up committing suicide. They're twice as likely to end up committing um, depression. They're twice as likely to, you know, just give up. Yeah, period. And there's no scholarships available for people like this. And there might be a good kid, they get a good C and a good B, but it's not enough to get the, the scholarship to go to college. It's not enough to get you recognition. And at it's a like school, they're living you know? through all this yeah. trauma it's and still able to like accomplish that. And it's not even being properly. Yeah, you're speaking, you're speaking very, right? a lot of truth. So I came up with a concept. I love nonprofit business that impact situation. I don't like the nonprofit model for myself. I believe in for profit and then I take my for profit and invest into the nonprofit. So that way they can keep doing what they do. So I started this brand called Restored. Some people look at it as a religious thing because God-based, you know, when God restore you, but I look at it this way. When anybody purchase any of these, whatever, whether it's a shirt, a t-shirt or a hoodie, whatever, we take a large portion of our proceeds. We are partnered up with a couple of colleges. I'm down in the Florida area, down in South Florida. Yeah. Um, like Broward College, Miami, Dade, CI. Yeah. We take a large portion. We created a scholarship program. If your parent is incarcerated, we send you to college absolutely free. So how do I make an impact? By Letting talking less and doing more. Yeah. I, was, I was homeless, right? So that's something that really impacted me. So what did I do as a solution to that? I started the Dijon Talks Feed the Homeless Foundation. And what does the Dijon Talks Feed the Homeless Foundation do? Every three months, we feed two to 300 homeless men, women, and children they are children that's homeless because I know. And we feed them, we close them, we give them school supplies, we bring out a whole band, we play music for them, we give them sleeping bags, we give them book bags, hygiene bags. We spent the whole day catering to them once every three months. Um, how does Dijon Talks impact the kids? I go to the universities and the high schools and I speak to them. Um, I don't, some days I dress in a suit, other days I let them see the gunshots, I let them see the tattoos because I'm tatted up. So I let them, because when they see you in the real. Suit, yeah, when they see you in the suit, they're like, man, you can't talk to me. You don't understand my struggle. You don't understand my prayer. I remember one kid told me, he's like, man, if you ain't been shot, you ain't been stabbed, you ain't been in the gang or you ain't been incarcerated, you ain't got nothing to say to me. I said, man, it must be your lucky day, champ. Because I've been this, that, that, and the third. Then I took off my jacket, I took off my tie, I took off my shirt. He's like, why you got all these tattoos? <laughs> I said, because I've been down your block. This is my block. I said, I own this block. And so I'm like, oh, you want to touch this gunshot? Touch. That moment, his whole shield dropped. Down. And everything I had to say now, he would actually listen with an open heart and not just an ear. Because a lot of times we speak, we're just speaking to ears and it's just going to go out the other. I don't try to speak to your ear. I want to speak to your heart. Because if I speak to your heart, it's actually going to resonate and stay. And you're going to actually think about it later. And it's going to have an impact. I just want to plant a seed. I may never see the harvest. Somebody else may add to it with water. Somebody else may give it sunlight. But that seed has to grow. Because one thing about us is that they, like that quote says, if they do when we were seeds, they wouldn't try to bury us. Mm. Right? 
So I know where seeds. Mm. So I make sure I keep planting more seeds and I don't fill buckets. I don't tell people, oh, you do this, do that. No, no, no. You're already amazing. You're already great. You have it all inside of you. Somebody just didn't tell you it yet. Somebody hasn't exposed you to your greatness. So my goal is to make you look at a mirror of yourself and how great that looks so you can walk in it. And I'm not going to feel it because it's already there. So that's how I make my impact today. I love that. Ooh. Let's have a moment for that because that's not easy and it's a lot of selfless work and you could have just found the answers for yourself or live found a comfortable enough life and just said you know what cool i made it and left it at that but you looked back and you said you know what there's more just like they did with with the slaves and everything there's more mm -hmm. there's more we gotta go back and help out and get so you know that's really big of you um what do your family and friends think of your growth and where you are today those that you're able to be in contact with um you know the thing about humans we have this thing called a memory, right? And it's a problem. Uh, the reason why it's a problem because some people will always see you as like, everybody used to call me junior when I grow up because me and my father, we have the exact same name. So I'm junior, right? Okay. Today I'm Dijon Talks, mm. but people will always see junior. junior, little junior that you know, made the mistakes. Little Junior that was hard-headed. You see, he got no hair today. That's why he's he was so hard-headed. His hairline started running from him. That's how hard-headed he was. That thing started running backwards. Like, I believe it or not, I have braids all the way down here. I'm a prom king. When I went to prom, prom night, boy, boy, I have braids. Now I can see it. From me, I right? can see it. I can see it. Right. So, it's the hardest thing. Is it's like somebody that was um, let's say they were a prostitute or. It was an ex game bang, and now all of a sudden they're a pastor or a preacher. You're still always going to see the prostitute or the game banger, right? Yeah. Not because they didn't change, but it's hard for the memory to let go of what it knows. Um, a lot of people are amazed that I am who I am. I think that's the word that I would choose because, first of all, I'm not supposed to be alive. Let's just put, like, in their mind, yeah. Yeah. just the fact that I'm breathing was success. Like, that, that to a lot of people is success. I'm breathing. Oh my God, he's alive. Yeah. But I'm not just breathing, I'm striving and succeeding. And um, I think because of the neighborhood that I, I came from and those people that were around me, although they see Junior, but it's inspirational to them because like, we can do it too now. If he came out of here, we can come out of here. If he can make a full 180, I don't believe in 360s. If I do a 360, then I'm back to the beginning. Mm. So if he can make a full 180 in about face, we can make it about face. And, you know, a lot of those people now are my biggest supporters. Like, I remember when I launched this, when my closest homeboy, when I think he bought the whole store, right? He went in, oh, I'm buying this, I'm buying the hoodie, I'm buying the jacket, I'm going in. He went in, he went in, he went in. Um, and whatever I post, they, they, you know, they reshare, they like, they support, they come out if I'm having a speaking engagement. Um, so. It's right think, because you have people that will try to encourage you to do the bad things. So it's so important to have people around you that encourage you to do those good, good things. Good thing my circle was always extremely small. I never valid. had that much they influence. They say valid. My circle was small. I learned at a young age that I, I'm very independent and I don't like big circles like that with yeah. friends. And uh, I'm, I'm like one of those very alpha male type of dudes, very aggressive. And 
very leader mindset. So you're not going to challenge me in any type of way type of dude. So yeah. I, I wouldn't keep a big circle anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would keep a small lawyer circle. And it's still the same small lawyer circle, two, three guys. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's my door. <laughs> no worries. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, but yes, back to what we were saying. Okay. I was asking you just like with your family and friends and I was saying that's really good how they receive you you know so many times i know people they have like their merch businesses or a lot of entrepreneurs will share that experience of like just feeling like wow why does it feel so hard to get so much to get even a little bit of support and like the people that are right next to you sometimes will be so silent you know and it, it becomes a lot of like you know the snakes being shown when you cut the grass type mm -hmm. of thing. So it's really good to know that you've had like a solid experience despite all the adversities you've gone through, you know? Now being a black man in today's society, you know, mm -hmm. you already have that stereotype on top mm -hmm. of all the other badges of honor we'll say today, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what's helped to build you to who you are today. And we won't take that lightly. So what does what does that do for you in your future how do you see the jean talks moving in the future or long-term goals what is the vision because we say you can see the stars i like to say limitless you know so what do you see that you're able to share with us today happening in your future or planning um, to because we can't predict but I got you. I got you. I think great question, by the way. I'm probably one of the most grateful people you're ever going to meet in your life. You give me a box and a chair and a mattress and say it's yours. I'm extremely grateful because um, there's a quote that says I learned how to give because I know what it is not to have. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm that guy that really I never had nothing. When I tell you never had nothing. Um, all my clothes came from the flea market. I can't tell you how many times I wore clothes that were way too small for me and I had to go fight at school because they were big on you. Um, like I told you, I live in, in inefficiency. You know how small inefficiency is? With seven men. Yeah. Um, I came here on a boat. I spent time in prison at six and a half, right? At 16 and a half years old, you have a kid in prison. Never was with my mother. My dad raised me um, to the best of his ability, no siblings. Um, that I was raised with. So for me, when I wake up every day and I see my life and I just see where I'm at, I, I'm happy and grateful, like beyond comprehension. If I were to have aspirations of um, where I would like to be long term, um, I want to have a, a few 747s and feed the homeless globally. Feel me. Yeah, I want to have a few 747s, call up Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick and feed the homeless globally. I want to partner up with 50 Cents and Tyler Perry to create mini series of my life to impact as much people as I can. So if they're watching this live, I've been, I've been blowing up your Instagrams. Go read my messages. Um, I want to partner up with Tyler Perry and 50 Cents uh, because I believe in their artistic craft and their backgrounds. Um, I believe I have about five books minimum inside of me, four movies, and I can't tell you how many series. 
Um, and I know in this short interview, I couldn't share my full life, but what I shared was just a tenth of what I really faced. So, yeah, I see, I see, I see, you know, the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? Definitely. Okay, my life is The Pursuit of Happiness on steroids. Jeez. So I see that on the big screen. Yeah. Um, with the new age of technology and all of these little miniseries on Hulu, Netflix, whatever, I see, I see a couple of my stories. Um, and I see me standing on big stages, speaking to large masses of people all around the world. But most importantly, I don't just want to do it for, oh my God, that's Dijon Talks. That don't mean anything to me. If that's the case, I just want to speak to one-on-one -on -one people, if that's going to have the impact. Yeah. I want to leave a legacy where when, 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 I, when I take my last breath, besides my kids, is people would be like, he lived a selfish life trying to help as much people as he can. <laughs> like that's I don't yeah. I don't see the purpose in like you can have money you can have everything I just for me I just don't see the point of a selfish lifestyle uh I just if I, if I'm not able to help people it's just not worth it so if I can have a global impact whatever that may look like whether it's through a movie or feeding whatever whatever God has planned Okay. I'm all for that. That's how I see my life um, playing out. I love that. I love that. And just speak on like the importance of fatherhood to you, because as you said, um, mm -hmm. both of your parents weren't able to like play the rules, you know, kind of how you envision. And funny enough, I was just having this conversation with my family. Like we like to have roundtable talks just mm -hmm. about, um, real some real stuff you know now that we're older i can be at the adult table having these discussions mm -hmm. with them and you know we were speaking on the fact of just like parents and parents usually come from a place of what they didn't get in their childhood that's what they try to give their children and then so forth and so forth and so forth as the generations go on so mm -hmm. for example like my mother didn't have her mother around I cannot tell you any time my mother has ever left me. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. what is something that you've brought into fatherhood and like, what is the importance of fatherhood to you? My father, um, my father had a good heart, but he would not win father of the year. Yeah. Uh, my dad was a very militant man, um, very disciplinary and very strict with a firm, firm hand. That little old bastard was strong. Boy, man, that old man was strong, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, but what he taught me was phenomenal survival skills mm. because that's all he did was survive all his life. Mm. That was his, his highest level of education was fourth grade. Um, he had an artistic trade, um, meaning he was a very good artist um, and he was very good at that but he was a military man and when he was born to give you a background on it why he was the way he is is his mother died when he was two and his dad was a severe gambler and an alcoholic so his grandfather took him from his dad because his dad was not you know capable yeah and when his grandfather died at 10 my dad took to the streets and he never looked back yes. my dad is the only og that i know with tattoo of skull 
and crossbones and crowns and 33. Mm. I swear he was like a 33 degree grandmason gangster or something, Jeez. right? Because he would never define to me what that tattoo meant. Yeah. And um, I never seen an old man with so many guns and swords. And my dad was like, he was a, he was an OG. Yeah. Um, he didn't show, he didn't speak much. I don't know nothing about him. I don't know nothing about his past. He don't speak yeah. much. Um, he doesn't express much. But his work ethic and provision was to the best of his ability, to the best of what he could do. His protection was to the best of what he could do. And teaching you how to not let drown kill you and how to survive every day, he did that phenomenally. And you made a statement recently, black man in today's society. Unfortunately, we don't have enough male figures to teach us these survival tactics. Because um, we're not surviving, we're losing. It's a losing battle. Um, right now, in the next 50 years, Black economics, as much as we're talking about, oh, Black business is growing, growing, growing. We're set for net zero in 50 years. I mean, go broke. It looks like it, but there's a collapse, right? Thanks. So I took those skills and I teach my young black kings. I have two boys. And I understand the nature of lifestyle that they're going to be living in, in modern America. Yeah. I'm not stupid. I know I live in modern America. Beyond education, my kids are in private school and they got life made. That's but beyond amazing. that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, beyond that, I teach them real life and what that looked like from our lens with our shape. And um, I think that's the greatest thing my father invested in me was the survival skills because if he didn't did that before, do those things prior to me leaving his home at 15 and becoming homeless um, and giving me that mind to think outside the traditional box of dependency because kids are very dependent till they're like 50 nowadays, right? <laughs> I wouldn't have survived. I wouldn't have been able to think quick on my feet. I wouldn't know how to take my little money and how to break it up and make sure I can eat throughout the day mm -hmm. and how to move mm -hmm. and how to hustle and how to grind and how, how, how to move, how, how to break into the school to take a shower. Because hmm. those days I had to break into my own school to go to the gym to take a shower. Those days I had to break into the school just to get something to eat. Jeez. So, and I'm going to that school, but there's nights I'm hungry and I got to do something. And before I go to school, I can't go to school stinks. I got to break into the school, shower, and then get dressed, and then boom, go to school. Um, I think those skills, those survival skills, uh, really taught me how to make it to this day. Um, another thing that I would say my dad really invested in me was the ability to cook. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, that was a saving blessing. That man could Love cook like that. a woman. Boy, that man could cook. That man could cook. Love and he that. blessed me with that gift. And I'm so freaking grateful for that gift because I love to cook and I love to eat, right? There's a fat boy inside of here and that little fat boy never gets hungry. Boy, he loves to eat. He loves to eat, right? <laughs> but when I got my first apartment at 15, that was one of the most important things for me because imagine at 15, you got bills, you got rent, you got light, you yeah, got all that. I mean, 17. Yes. Yeah, and you trying to buy out every day? You tripping. Crazy. You're gonna broke, 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 right? You're gonna be Mickey broke, D's broke. only lasting for about three hours. Right. So when I learned um, 
that 50 bucks to 100 bucks can last me a week versus buying out $10 every meal, which yeah. is probably $30 a day. day? Mm -hmm. I said, well, this is some simple math. Facts. Especially when you got some bills. What was one of your favorite meals to cook back then? Oh man, as a kid, the, the, the classic spaghetti and hot dogs and onions and all that ketchup. Mm. That was mix a classic, up, that man. Mix up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you if you didn't put down the classic spaghetti and hot dog down, yeah. you wasn't cooking back then. And you got to have the ketchup back then. Oh, because if you ain't had the ketchup, you wasn't bossing. You, you that wasn't bossing. That Katie, that craft dinner, but the no name brand with the hot dogs cut up. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> right. So, and um, yeah. My, Yo, listen, Maya, what was what was another one? Yo, my grilled cheese was superb. My grilled <laughs> cheese was superb. Uh, my beefaroni. You remember beefaroni? Yeah, I do. I do. What? I do. People don't remember. I don't get the one in the can. Yeah, yeah people don't even remember these things. Yeah, so like, um, yeah, I mean, you know, those things. Yo, but my, my sickest, when I was young, my sickest meal was when you took that bowl, you took that box of cereal, you put the cereal before the milk, though, Drop that cereal, you drop that milk, you stirred that bad boy up, and it might have been that frosted face with that cinnamon toast crunch. And you put, ooh, 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 that thing was banging. It'd yeah. be banging. <laughs> that's well, beautiful. I, cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I ain't play no games. Listen, it's the real, it's the real things, and thank God we we survived. Uh, and we do better now, God. and we survived off those things, but sometimes it's just limited and that those are the choices we have um if there was something that you could speak life into your sons and other young men i know you've given a lot of game today i'm here downtown we say eat fruit mind your business so you gave a lot of fruit you definitely gave a lot of fruit but if you could just another message just to speak life into young kings that are watching you today um you know, I'm based in Toronto and let me tell you, it ain't, it's, it's, it's very litty over here right now, you know? So no, tell what Drake is something I said, you can share? <laughs> CLV. <laughs> yeah, I got my sister. Well, I got a couple of sisters that lives in Canada, but they, they live in, um, one, one lives in Quebec, one lives in Montreal. Dope, dope, mm -hmm. dope. Both of those places, very beautiful. As a matter but, of fact, I'm, that's another phenomenal question. I was actually, I have another, um, I have a speaking engagement tonight. It's called Unleash Your Greatness. Um, it's a they've been doing it for the whole week. It's um, it's virtual because you know with everything yeah, going on. With everything going on. And they have speakers from all around the world speaking. And by the grace of God, I was selected to speak and whatnot. And I've been listening to the speakers for the past few days. And boy, they've been they've been they've been hitting. Boy, they got some heavy hands. I'm like, oh Jesus, I only got a jab, but they got some heavy hands. I'm like, let me get some Tyson moves, right? Legit. Right. And then uh, sometimes we shouldn't do that because that comparison kills our mm. potential. Facts. Comparison kills your potential. So never do the comparison thing. Right. Because if you were selected, you were selected for a purpose. Facts. So comparison kills potential. That would be the very first thing that I would tell kids in today's society, because unfortunately for them, with the age of social media, the comparison never stops for them. Exactly. It is constantly being forced for them to digest. Whether it's the kick quick um, rich kids cream with um, TikTok or YouTube and these lies, or forcing them to be either a basketball player or an entertainer, or you know, or your body body shaming or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That comparison is a quick kick fix to failure. 
So I would tell them that you don't have to compare yourself to a LeBron or a Jordan or anybody. You're great. Now you just have to figure out what is it that you like so much that you could do it for money or not do it for money and you would be the happiest person ever. Find that, right? So I was writing my speech and I'll share some of it with you, some of my key points, that's cool? Yeah, of course, of course, okay. thank you. So it was actually inspired by James one, two and four because retraining the mind in the midst of obstacles, it's probably one of the hardest things. I was like, we could talk about it when we're in a good state. Oh, you're going through a door about it. Everything's going to be good. You're going to be all right. Nigga, you got this. I'm praying for you. All right, that's cool. But what about when you're the one in the storm or when you're the one in the valley? How is your mind? And James, he says to count it all joy. That's crazy. Like, bro, I'm broke. I got AIDS. My kid's hungry. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm homeless. You tell me to count it all joy. Where's this joy supposed to come from exactly? Um, and who's supposed to give it? Nigga, I'm hungry, right? So where's the joy supposed to come from? It's not to not acknowledge the condition. It's to acknowledge that who put the condition in front of you has already put the tools inside of you to overcome the condition, but also who's in control of the condition. So I came up with some key points because it really has to make you rethink the way you see obstacles because people see obstacles as things to crush them instead of stepping stones to elevate them exactly so when you learn how to place these stones you step on them but if though you look at the stones and they look too heavy for you they crush you right so these are the i'm just going to give you the key points that i would tell a young man today besides what i told you about the comparison one is under understanding your your strength you need the obstacles. If you're weightlifting, if there's no resistance on that bench, you're not gonna get stronger or bigger. So you need that resistance. So understanding every resistance that come against you, is only there to make you stronger. It won't break you. Understanding your why, what does that mean? If you remember the reason why you started, you remember why you should never quit. Yeah. Understanding your why, right? What is your value proposition? This is what society fights with today. Everybody, men and women, understanding our value, right? Because our value foundation was built off of who raised you, your environment, who spoke life into you, your experiences, your failures, your success, and God. And a lot of the times, like you were saying, a lot of people didn't have the benefit of people really speaking value into your life or people showing you value inside of you. Once you redefine, whether it's through God, through a relationship, whatever your format may look like, of your value, once you understand who you are and whom you are, then you know what you can offer to somebody else. Because until you understand who you are, especially in relationships, you will never be able to offer anything to anybody else. So define who you are. Define your value, not by anybody else's merit, through your own, right? And the last ones is um, giving up is never an option. Mm -hmm. Your goals don't care how tired you are. Yeah. <laughs> Press the brakes on your excuses and push the start button. And you got to include God in everything. 
you got to include God in everything because if you don't include God in everything, some of those things that you might think you're strong enough for and you got this, that self-made that we like to use into this, I'm self-made. Those are the same things that's going to crush you. But as God is with you, who can be against you? shall I fare? What so, a word. Yeah. That's what I would leave them. I love that. And I'm not a young king, but resonates with me as well. So it's thank you anybody. so much for that, Dijon. No, you're um, very, it, it, it's, it's for anybody because you know what? Age does not define wisdom. lack of value, yeah. insecurity, depression, suicidal thoughts. You know, I counsel people that's 50, 60 years old that still can't see their value. You would think like, damn, you're, you're 50. You're supposed to be telling me, right? That doesn't mean anything. Some people live professional lives, make it look really good, but deep down it's in the depth of their soul and in mind when they go home, that depression is real. That depression is real. They're just great at being a professional. That's a professional, but their personal life, it's epic chaos. Yeah. epic chaos because they can't see the value in themselves they're comparing themselves to money success mm-hmm. bodies cars houses the material things that are emotional graveyards that are never fulfilling and if we do that comparison so back to my first point it's a set of a failure okay. mm-hmm. so Dijon. Talk. Yes, ma'am. I want you to let everyone know where they can find you, where they can support you, where they can listen to you and like tune into your events because you are doing one tonight, but I know it's not the first or only one you are doing. And mm-hmm. just let them know where they can tap in with you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. First of all, let me thank you for the opportunity to be on your platform. I greatly appreciate the thought-provoking conversation and the questions that you posed. You challenged me quite, quite much. And I really appreciate it. Um, I, you know, and I'm a very transparent person, so it makes it easy. I really appreciate that. Thank um, you. Thank you. I think you have a phenomenal platform and I want you to keep doing what you're doing and keep pushing and continue to keep growing and becoming your best version of yourself. So thank you for that. You. Um, for anybody that would like to follow me to see some of the things I'm working is everything, whether it's, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, LinkedIn is Dijon Talks. <laughs> you just type that in. I don't change it. I know people have different names. That's, how it, should be. That's how it should no, be. No, 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 no. I, I like to be uniform. Mixed One thing. So, mm-hmm. and so um, I don't know if you put my name on this interview. Yes, I if will. You just type in my, if you just type in my name on whatever platform. In my website is DijonTalks.com, right? So okay. whatever platform, it will pop up. The only thing that's different is this brand. Um, if you go to the word restoredapparelco.com, um, I would love for you guys to join the mission. Um, when you purchase a product from this company, we don't have any customers. Um, we've had thousands of people purchase, but yet we've had zero customers. Why? Because when somebody purchased their brand, what they're doing is saying, I'm choosing to invest into a children that has a parent that's in prison to go to college for free. I'm choosing to collab with your mission statement. I'm choosing to have an impact in our community. I'm choosing to not just say, I wish somebody would do something, but I wanna invest my money and do something myself. So that would be a huge help because this year upcoming up, this school year, I would love to send 10 kids to college for free. 
And in order to do that, what each is, uh, we're looking about twenty-five to $30,000 per kid. Yeah. So we're looking to raise about $4,000, $400,000, but I want that. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not begging for money. I'm giving you something in return. Exactly. I, I don't need your money, but I would like that because I want to give somebody an opportunity that they normally would not get. And we can do that. We can do that together. And when you put these things on, man, listen, they breathe so well, they feel so good. I use the same material that Louis and Gucci is using, guys. Hey. You know, I use the same material that Louis and Gucci, that same China, Chinese guy that they get it from in China. Y'all just pay for the LV and the GG, that same Chinese garbage y'all paying for, but y'all just pay like 500,000 more for the same material garbage that you're paying for a brand. Y'all get the same material, guys. Guess what? I got Louis and Gucci. It just says restore. That right. is Louis and Gucci. It is Louis and Gucci. All Trust right. me, I wish people would understand about branding, but hey. All right. Um, and, I'm, and I'm at a fraction of the cost. And you can be as fresh as Gucci and Louis at a fraction of the cost with a mission cost. Right. So I want to say thank you so much for just being so vulnerable. And I don't take your experience lightly, nor is it a gimmick at all. And um, I just, I really do pray that you continue to touch others out there and stay on the path you are and eat fruit and mind your business, because that is definitely a way that I just find, it just feels better. You can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day. So everyone, make sure you tap in with Dejan Talks. Do not be shy or hesitant to support him in all things. Downtown World would be assured to do the same. I want to thank you for your time. Remember, don't waste no time with negativity. Eat fruit, mind your business. This has been a wonderful conversation with Dijon Talks. I'm feeling inspired. I hope you are all at home and you're going to DijonTalks.com, period. Thank you, boss lady. Have a phenomenal day. You as well. Downtown Hey. Downtown. You're about to go downtown.